So, you know, ultimately, you are the one who gives the person authority. So you might as well take it for yourself. Because there are some people you will say, well, I don't, I don't really resonate with that teacher. And I resonate with this teacher. Well, you have chosen your authority based on your own authority. <laughs> you know, so just take it and, and know that you are ultimately the teacher. I, I had been um, considering times when without any particular help from anybody, I came upon a truth that was true for me. And it was a very simple thing. I was listening to my brother on the phone with my mother. May she rest in peace. And it clearly was that my mother was trying to persuade him of something. And my brother kept resisting. No, mom, I don't, you know, don't see it that way. And this was going back and forth and back and forth. And my brother was getting quite exasperated. And apparently my mother was getting quite exasperated. I didn't hear her on the phone, but I could tell that this was escalating. And finally my brother said, look, mom, the end of conversation put the phone down. And at that moment, I don't know where this came from, it just came from paying attention to that conversation, I realized that children don't love their parents in the same way that their parents love them. That, that was, it was like, yes, I I understand this, that my, my mother wanted my brother to love her the way she loved him. And he, not that he didn't love her, but he didn't love her in the same way that she loved him. And I went, wow, I, I get that. I, I get that just from having listened to that conversation. Now, this is a small thing, but it was a moment when I discovered something by paying attention myself, by paying very close attention. Not from reading a book, not from li listening to a podcast. So Bodhidharma, one of our major ancestors in Soto Zen tradition. He is quoted as saying, he was asked, what is Zen? And he said, Zen is a special transmission outside of scriptures, not depending on words or letters, directly pointing to the mind seeing into one's true nature 
and attaining liberation. It's a special transmission outside of any scriptures, sutras or all of that canon, Buddhist canon, outside of words, outside of letters. Why, why are we talking so much? Why are there so many books? Why are there so many podcasts? Why are we constantly... This is partly why we sit, because this is outside of words and letters. It's, it's, this, is direct, this is why sitting is so important. Because we don't have to talk, we don't have to read. And there's a lot of verbiage, a lot of words and letters, a lot of scriptures. So what is the significance of all of that? I, I used to call, well, I still do call, call of all of that Dharma entertainment. It's not useless. It's fun to read. It's inspirational. It is inspirational. It, it helps, you know, commit us to our cushions and we can talk to each other. But it fundamentally is not about concepts, even teachings. I mean, I, none of us care whether any, anybody here calls themselves a Buddhist. It's, as Coben said in what we read today, um, it's, it's not about Buddhism. We say, if you see the Buddha, kill the Buddha. Don't grasp on to dogma, to anything that pretends, pretends to be any truer than what you discover on your own, your own truth. And so Buddha's, Buddha's last words, as a matter of fact, when every when he, he was leaving Paranirvana, you know, he was leaving this life, and his disciples surrounded him, and they were crying and wringing their hands, and oh, we're losing this great teacher, and what are we going to do? And Buddha says, Behold, O monks, this is my advice to you. All conditioned things in this world are changeable. They are not lasting. Work hard to gain your own liberation. So his last words were, don't rely on me. Clearly, I change. <laughs> I'm, I'm just as mortal as any of you. So rely on yourself. Don't put your reliance, dependence on any teacher, even the Buddha. Go inward. Find your own truth. Listen to your mother talking to your brother. And discover. Discover what you need to know by paying attention. And that's what we practice on our cushions. Paying attention. Another way of saying this 
is don't seek the masters. Seek what the masters sought. Don't seek the masters. Doesn't mean you're not listening, that you're not going online and listening to great teachers and reading great books, but they're only going to lead you to what they were searching for. And so, so through them, seek your own truth. Seek what they sought, which was liberation, which was what was who we really are. <clears throat> so, um, It's important, as Coben said, to have a teacher. We're all teaching all the time. Everything is teaching the truth. Every the 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 uh, rain, the butterflies, the the earthworms, the trees. Everything is preaching the Dharma all the time. We need to listen. We need to pay attention. It's all right there for us. And that's what often people discover when they achieve something called enlightenment. What, what they discover typically is it was always here. How did I miss it? It's right in front of us. There's no mystical thing. Sometimes it's said, you know, it's your ordinary mind. Chop wood, carry water. <laughs> What's more miraculous than that? What's more miraculous than that? You know, or the... You're reading a, a book, like I was reading a book in bed the other day. I was reading, I confess. <laughs> I was reading Zen. <laughs> That's all I'm really interested in reading these days. But um, I'm reading and I see this tiny, you see these tiny little book bugs that sometimes cr crawl across your page. My God, that's like tiny little speck of nothing that's alive. I don't have to take LSD to <laughs> You know, to appreciate the miracle of that, you know, where, what's going on with that? You know, that's barely, you can barely see it. We just need to pay attention. Pay attention. Get the Dharma rain, wash your mind out so that it's open and spacious and you can see things that are the true miracles of life. So we teach each other all the time and everything, that little bug taught me about the miracle of life. Um, there's a certain kind of teacher which I call rabbinical, rabbinical teacher. 
the rabbi sits on a kind of a <coughs> throne and all of the disciples sit and just listen to listen to the wisdom of the rabbi and again just absorb it the rabbi is the the truth teller buddha was not this kind of teacher nor <clears throat> nor was socrates they were they were engaged question and answer question and answer and that is the kind of teaching that Zen promotes. Um, even though you hear people sitting on throne-like chairs and preaching uh, to disciples, the real spirit of Zen is in the Socratic tradition where Socrates, Socrates thought of himself as a midwife. And with the assumption that this baby, this truth, the truth, is in you. You're carrying this truth. And it's the teacher's job to help you give birth to it. And we need to do this for each other. It's not, it's not you know, I've kind of taken vows. You could say, I've, I've trained to be a midwife. <laughs> <laughs> But the baby is your true nature, to give birth to who you really are. And so, as a Sangha, when we get together and talk together and sit together, we're helping each other give birth to our true nature. And a midwife can't do this online. The midwife has to be there. We have to be present to each other. Don't minimize the importance of this flesh and blood being coming together. As we often, in this practice, transmission takes place face to face. Warm hand to warm hand heart to heart, not in the abstract, but in our full presence to one another. So today I, I not only wanted to thank you for being pre present, and I've been enjoying the word being present over the word being mindful. <laughs> And we talked about this in book study. Um, mindfulness is wonderful. It's a great practice, but it tends to be, it tends to be um, too intellectual. It tends to occur up here, being because the mind. We think the mind is located up here in the brain. So being mindful is just you know, kind of being brainy. But attention is. Presence is, is a holistic approach. It's, I'm not only listening with my ears, I'm listening with my eyes, with my nose, with my body. I'm, I'm listening with body language. So 
again, we tend to live in a very abstract world where we hide behind texts and emails and uh, we can hide behind those things and never really show up fully embodied. So I want to encourage you to continue to study because study is very important. But I want to also caution you not to get stuck, not to get stuck in the books, in the podcasts, in, in the, you might say, the scholarly teachings. Um, and, and there is a way to approach a book that you're reading or a sutra that you're studying or a podcast that you're listening to, to approach it as a raft, as a vehicle. And even if you don't understand it, it's okay. So read it as a poem. <laughs> you know, you don't have to understand, you know, have figured out and interpreted everything in the poem. You can let it just kind of dwell within you. And just feel the quality of it, the emotional tone of it. And not be able necessarily to interpret every word. So you can approach a Buddhist text or a Dharma talk or an online podcast, not as a scholar. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get really informed about, and that's okay. But that is not what our practice is about. Our practice is about living, living the teachings and making them your own. It's, it's a, it, we call it a way. It's a way of life. It's a way of being, not a way of knowing. It's not a way of knowing. That doesn't mean that knowing isn't part of being. <laughs> but don't get stuck there. Don't think that you're practicing Zen if you're doing a lot of reading and a lot of listening to, to whatever you're listening to. That It's great, but it's not it. This is it. <laughs> right here. And so you've got to do a lot more of this of this, of showing up, of being present, of listening, of being embodied, embody your practice in your relationships, in your connection with the natural world, in everything that you do, you do, do, do. So, I guess I'm scolding myself, too, <laughs> because having been an academic most of my adult life, I tend to gravitate to the uh, scholarly, intellectual, and philosophical aspects of things. And that's why I'm practicing Zen, because it's important to 
um, be a whole person, to be whole, body, spirit, emotion.